The following is a podcast from a qualified senior care provider heard on the Answers for Elders radio show. And welcome back to Answers for Elders radio, everyone. I am here with a first-time, very special guest by the name of Allison Fine. And Allison, you are with the Center of Chronic Illness. Um, Allison, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Suzanne. You know, Allison, what you do, I think, is really important. And so, um, obviously, fill us in a little bit about what your mission is. Sure, yeah. So, again, our organization is called the Center for Chronic Illness, and we uh, offer free, professionally-led support groups and health education programs for anybody living with some kind of ongoing health challenge um, Mm -hmm. and their loved ones. Mm -hmm. You know, and that... Is, can be so stressful. And, you know, you don't think about it. Like we've discussed earlier that there's so many aspects when you're chronically ill. Um, not only just people don't understand, they don't mm-hmm. get it. There's this overwhelming feeling of having to face every day with this huge challenge. And whatever could loom on the horizon, I'm sure too, is, mm-hmm. is a factor. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what do families deal with? this time or what do people deal with in a chronic situation? Absolutely. So I think some of the biggest challenges that families face is that the patients are dealing with their own emotional process Mm -hmm. of the illness, you know, and that might be um, just feeling lots of loss and Mm -hmm. grieving those losses, or it might be um, feeling depressed or anxious, you know, about all the unknowns Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen next, what will happen to my body, Um, So there's just, uh, you know, an emotional process there. And then with families, they're going through their own emotional process. You know, it's loss of, you know, what I thought, you know, mom or dad, you know, could do or what they were capable of. Um, You know, they might feel angry or frustrated at times. You know, Mm -hmm. well, you did this yesterday. Why can't you do it today? You know, and and so that's just this whole mix of emotions floating around. And mm-hmm. I think families don't always know how to communicate about that and, you know, aren't even in touch with their own emotions. Well, very true. And I'm sure, <clears throat> you know, there's unexplained anger because I'm mad at mom or dad because this is, you know, they don't understand, you know, or I, I don't understand. I'm trying to reach them. And, of course, in the life of a senior there's so much pride. Mm-hmm. And as they start to lose their faculties, I know um, the families that I work with, I, I always talk about concepts of pride and denial. Um, they don't really realize how really bad it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't realize how much of a burden it is on the entire family. Absolutely. And then the next part is just that pride factor that they're just going to dig in. Mm-hmm. You know, what have you found? Yeah, I've seen there's there's so many role reversals Mm -hmm. going on, you know, an adult child taking care of an aging parent, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they've been able to rely on their parent for most of their life, maybe for advice or Mm -hmm. for help with different things. And as the parent is losing their abilities, you know, all of a sudden that adult child is taking a lot of those things over. And so it's this role reversal and, you know, having to be more in a parent role with their own parent. Mm -hmm. And so that can be really challenging. Mm -hmm. And then I've also seen a lot of difficulty asking for help and difficulty with acceptance around what those losses are and what needs, what people need help with. Mm -hmm. And so, 
Yeah, again, I think that communication piece is huge among families and being able to just talk about, okay, well, what are the things that we can't do anymore or we can't expect to have done in the same way? And how can we all pitch in together and talk about this in a way that can get it done? And So what you're really talking about is sometimes maybe even a whole family solution in many cases of people yeah. understanding what the process is. Is that correct, Allison? I mean, I think in an ideal world, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody in the family is involved. People are communicating about, you know, how to best help, you know, mom or dad or husband or wife, you know, whoever the, the individual is who needs that help, you know, and not in a way that you're taking their power away, too, sure. you know, but in a way that is it's open and loving and supportive and involves them in the mm-hmm. conversation. So, yeah, in an ideal world, obviously, you know, yeah. so many people involved in that process, but... You know, as you and I both know, that's not always the case. Yeah, it's the ideal world and not only case. So what kind of programs would you offer to somebody that needed your help? Absolutely. So mm-hmm. right now we offer a variety of in-person support groups um, all around the city of Seattle that um, provide not just emotional support, but also tools for mm-hmm. managing some of these things um, that we're talking about. Um, So, for example, we have a caring for chronic illness support group. So anybody of any age living with an ongoing health challenge can attend that support group and get, you know, again, not only the camaraderie of meeting other people who are dealing with um, family members who have ongoing health challenges, but also, you know, benefit from our professional facilitator who's fantastic and leads them through meditations and kind of teaches some self-care and Mm -hmm. education around what it means to be a caregiver. Wow. That's important for yeah. sure, for sure. And then how, what's the process that you go through? Do, is it basically um, how large are the groups? What are the, what is kind of the, the yeah. ideal scenario? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. So um, of our six groups, so we just started as an organization in 2017 with our first programs. And so, um, you know, our groups are new and they're kind of still growing and people are still learning about them. And so some of them are smaller than others. Um you know, I'd say our biggest group right now has been around 11, 12 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our smallest group, um, yeah, I'd say maybe more like three or four. So, you know, it really just depends on the kind mm-hmm. of group and, and the population. And, and really, you know, the process for people to join the group is about, um, you know, them contacting us, um, you know, at the Center for Chronic Illness. And they can contact, do that by email or phone. And, you know, let us know, hey, we're interested in attending a group. And we get a lot of people that contact us that don't know what what group. They don't, you know, maybe haven't even visited our website yet, don't know what we offer. And so some of it's just educating Mm -hmm. them on what the options are and learning more about their situation to try to help place them in the right group. Um, And then sometimes people just show up to the groups and don't contact us first. And that's actually okay, too. That's Um, awesome. That's awesome. So So we... We are talking to Allison Fine, and you are the executive director, is that correct, Mm -hmm. of the Center for Chronic Illness. And Allison, where are you located? Yeah, good question. So we actually, we do not have a brick and mortar space. Um, We were kind of, that was part of our idea at the very beginning and starting this organization that, you know, rather than try to have people with physical limitations try to come to our space that's Mm -hmm. convenient for us, you know, instead we would offer programs all over the greater Seattle area. Wonderful. So we actually, we have um, a couple programs up north. We've got one on Capitol Hill. We've got one down in South Seattle. We've got 
one over on the east side that we just started our most That's recent program. Great. That's great. Yeah. And what kind of, when you say chronic illness, what kind of um, illness you know, conditions do you, do you primarily work with? Absolutely. So it's really any kind of physical or emotional health challenge. Um, and so it can be something like uh, multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's disease mm-hmm. or um, irritable bowel disease like Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, or it can be in the arthritis family, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. Um, it can be more of like a bacterial disease, like Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a rare support group that meets that brings people together who live with different kinds of rare wow. diseases. Wow. Um, so really the whole gamut. And even if you don't have a diagnosis, um, this is actually pretty common in the chronic illness world. You know, somebody has been struggling with health challenges for a while and they don't have a specific diagnosis yet. That's um, probably in many welcome. cases. I was yeah. going to say in many, if you don't even have a diagnosis, I can imagine that's stressful in itself. That's a whole a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. obviously, cancer. Um, we didn't mention yeah. that, but I'm sure that that's an issue. Heart disease, um, congestive heart failure, mm-hmm. um, COPD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So to understand that. So in these, tell me a little bit about the support groups. What happens in the support groups? Sure. Yeah. So it depends on the group. So we have two programs that are called living mindfully with chronic illness and you know we hear these kind of um words like mindfulness Mm -hmm. and meditation you know what do those mean and so um there's been a lot of research around the benefits of meditation and mind practicing mindfulness for those dealing with chronic pain Mm -hmm. and so you know we decided that that would be a fantastic evidence-based model to incorporate into some of our first programs and so Two of our groups, our um, East Side program as well as our Northgate program, are focused around people coming to the group, you know, maybe sharing just briefly what's going on with them, what their chronic illness is. And then our facilitator teaches uh, strategies for um, managing that, mm-hmm. for coping, for, mm-hmm. you know, living as well as possible, as he would say. And so, um, you know, it's really allows for the patients to not only, again, be in a shared space of other people who understand what they're going through, but to be able to learn some tools that they can take home with them. Um, so that's one example. And mm-hmm. then some of our other groups, like our, um, we have just a general living with chronic illness group that meets on Capitol Hill um, and actually has a lot of younger folks who attend that one. We have the rare disease group. Um, and really those groups, it's more of an open setting where they can come, share their stories, you know, talk about what living with chronic illness is like for them, yes. you know, troubleshoot things like how do you manage, you know, difficult relationships, you know, how sure. do you communicate to the people in your life? And I'm assuming, too, that that your um, facilitators and things, they have resources that they can help or recommend that you may not know exist out there. So coming to a group like this, not only are you going to connect with people that probably are going through the same kind of challenges, but you're going to walk away with tools. Absolutely. That's one of the big differences in the programs that we're offering versus what's kind of already out there as far as support groups go. You know, the majority of the support groups that are out there for people dealing with ongoing health challenges mm-hmm. are disease specific, and they're also not professionally led. They're led by by patients, so peer-led sure. groups. Um, and that model's great, and it works for a lot of people, um, but there are a lot of people who really need more. And so, um, you know, our professional facilitators are at this point, they're all social workers, uh, clinical right. social workers, and they're all trained to 
um, trained in chronic illness, you know, different areas of working with folks with chronic illness. Some have pains, you know, training, chronic pain training. Some have caregiver training. So good. So, Allison, I'm so glad you were on the show today. And how do we reach you? Yeah, great question. Yeah, and thank you so much for having us. So if people would like to reach us, um, our website is www.thecenterforchronicillness.org. So that's one way you can sign online and check out our programs. Um, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at info at thecenterforchronicillness.org. And if you'd like to just give us a call, uh, it's 425-296-2705. Allison, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Suzanne. We really appreciate it. Answers for Elders radio show with Suzanne Newman hopes you found this podcast useful in your journey of navigating senior care. Check out more podcasts like this to help you find qualified senior care experts in areas of financial, legal, health and wellness, and living options. Learn about our radio show, receive our monthly newsletter, receive promotional discounts, and meet our experts by clicking on the banner to join the Senior Advocate Network at AnswersForEldersRadio.com. Now there is one place to find the Answers for Elders. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.